Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for such a lovely morning. And indeed, we are quite thankful for the blood that was shed on Calvary. And as one poet says, the blood shall never lose its power. I believe that the blood still has the power, even in 2019. But our prophet has told us that it is not the substance, but it is the life that was in the blood. This morning, dear God, we know that everything, once it is covered under the blood of Jesus Christ, it is forgotten in your kingdom. Many of us were sinners, dear God, but this morning we can tell Satan we are sinners saved by grace because everything was dipped into the blood of Jesus Christ and all was forgiven. And this morning we are going to read the Holy Scriptures We need your guidance, dear God. We need your leadership. We need your inspiration. We cannot do it on our own. We have seen many people in the end time daring to do things without you. And many a times it has created such crisis and chaos in so many lives. This morning we dare not. We need you. That is why you have been invited to be part of this service As we read, help us to connect with the very spirit that wrote the Holy Scriptures. But when we come to the end, may there be a complete deliverance. I believe that you are the kind of God that does not do half-done job. Everything that you do, you do to the uttermost. You save to the uttermost. You heal to the uttermost. You deliver to the uttermost. And this morning, it is no exception in any way. 
That is why we want to declare these grounds the holy ground. Not because the ground is holy, but because the God who is holy has been invited on this ground. As your prophet say, it is not the holy church, but it is the holy God in the church. This morning we want you, dear God, just to move in a special way. Encourage those that may be despondent. And dear God, rejuvenate those that may be weary. I know you are capable of doing that. But I believe that as you bless the next person, make a desire in the next person to say, Pass me not, gentle Savior. As you heal others, heal me. As you bless others, bless me. As you find others, find me. Whatever is going to happen, I for one, dear God, never do anything excluding me in the process, dear God. Many a time, preachers speak to the people without them being spoken to. It must never be a case this morning. As you speak to your people, speak to me. As you shape your people, shape me. As you guide your people, guide me. That when we come to the end of the service, the preacher and the laity must say, we have heard from the Lord. And if there is anything that needs to be acted upon, help us to act upon it because we are not just the hearers of the weight, but we are as well the doers of the way. It is the doing part that Satan hates. He doesn't mind the hearing, but he hates the doing part. Dear God, today we are going to hear, but furthermore, we're going to do what we have heard. We commit everything and we bind every spirit this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. We, I really don't take any liking to be in an environment where Satan is. I don't take any liking to be in an environment where demonic activity is, especially when you have given the church the power to bind every spirit. So this morning there is no demon that is at liberty to be here and operate here. We bind every spirit. It is not just a statement that we utter. We believe this 100%. If there is somebody that is tormented by a specific demon right now, because we have given the authority to address that demon, and we say, demon, you have got no right. Let go of God's people. So those that are happy are not happy, may they be happy, dear God. But we take every spirit right now under the spirit of the almighty God for his glory. In the name of Jesus Christ, we ask these things. Amen. Amen. God bless you richly. As we turn to the scriptures, Brother Grace is just in precious room. The mother had to quickly rush back to Congo, so they just helping the mother to get her to the airport. Amen. Are you happy this morning? Amen. Amen. Maybe you say to your neighbor, I'm happy to see you in church. So somebody is happy to see you in church. Amen. Now, let's turn our Bibles to the book of Luke. The chapter will be chapter 11 from verse 1. If found, you can say amen. 
as it is our custom, we are going to read it together. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, When he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, When ye pray, say, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. How many have got that desire this morning? Amen. Now, you can just take your seats. The rest will just navigate as we move right along. Amen. This morning, I just want to speak on a subject that somewhat is important, but yet disregarded. I want to speak about something that is so simple, but yet so complex. I want to speak about prayer. Amen. Just as simple as it is, I want to speak about prayer. Amen. Amen. The Bible says, pray without ceasing. It doesn't mean that you just pray 24 hours and you don't work. But it simply means that you can be in a prayer mode in any environment. That is what I want to speak about. I just want to speak about prayer. Amen. Amen. Uh, you, you can never live higher than your prayer life. I want to repeat the statement. You can never live higher than your prayer life. Amen. Now, a lot of times, uh, if there is one question that makes believers very uncomfortable, you can ask anybody and say, what does the message of the hour say? And people can expound, give you quotations and scriptures. You can ask people what blesses them. People are quite easy to tell you psalms and songs that bless them. But there is a killer question, a simple question that, how is your prayer life? That makes a lot of uh, Christians to be jittery. And this morning, I don't expect the answer back, but I'm asking, how is your prayer life? Hallelujah. 
Is it hot? Is it cold? But how is your prayer life? Hallelujah. Now, we are going to get into a lot of things this morning. What amazed me, the disciples of Jesus, they saw him healing the leper. They saw him healing the blind. They saw him healing the deaf. They saw him walking on water. They saw him multiplying bread and fish. But when all was said and done, one disciple said, Lord, teach us to pray. I would imagine if you had been with Jesus, some of us would have wanted to multiply uh, uh, the lunch boy, uh, the boy, the, the lunch that the boy gave it to him, and multiply it so that we can feed, feed the multitude. And obviously, that would make you popular. I mean, if you were to walk on water, you are definitely going to be popular. But uh, these these disciples, it 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 somewhat nudged in my heart that why were they obsessed? Why this particular disciple said, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. Amen. Amen. Now, those that know or that have read about Jesus, we know that he, he prayed. There's 25 prayers that Jesus prayed alone that are recorded in the New Testament. Now, let's put it this way. Normally, when the disciples woke up they found Jesus praying right at the beginning of the day. Now, when you go and check and try to check the daily routines of Jesus, you would find that he, he normally would wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning and pray all the way until 6 o'clock when the disciples wake up. Now, this is the man that would spend hours in prayer, but after spending hours in prayer, he would go into the city and find somebody that is deaf, and within a minute, he just lay hands upon them, and they get healed. Now, this disciple, I think he must have understood that. What makes him to spend less time in dealing with a demon is because he's spending more time with the Lord. But today, preachers would want to spend more time with the demon or dealing with the demon and less time in prayer. Uh, you remember there was a time where there was an epileptic boy and the disciples wanted to cast out that demon and they cast out they cast it out until they really got weary and the father realized that these people are at their wit ends. Now, when Jesus came, then the father reported the disciple to Jesus that my son is tormented by a demon. But your disciples have tried to cast out a demon, and they have failed. And right there, Jesus said, bring the boy. And he just prayed for the boy, and all was well. Are we together? And he said, such, such demon, they normally are cast out by prayer and fasting. Are we together? It doesn't mean that you fast over a demon, and because uh, before Brother Brenham came onto the scene, Tom, Tommy Osborne says, we used to believe that casting a demon, it took noise. We used to believe that you need to shout in the name of Jesus, you devil. But it says when William Brenham came, 
he just spoke nicely and said, Demon, I adjure you to leave this person in the name of Jesus Christ. And the demon was able to obey. A demon does not obey to noise. I want to repeat. A demon, and I, I've seen a lot of people, some people, when you pray for them as a pastor and you don't shout, they just say, ah, that prayer was not powerful. <laughs> Hallelujah. The demon does not respect the noise. The demon respects the, the life behind the prayer. I want you to, to hear that. The demon, if you want demons to respect you, make sure that your prayer life is top-notch. And we are going to help you that your prayer life becomes top-notch. Are we together? Now, let's put it this way. There are 650 prayers listed in the Bible and 450 answers to those prayers. And I've told you that Jesus prayed over 20, almost 25 prayers and they are recorded in the Bible. But here is a question. Why don't Christians pray? Now, I know when I'm speaking about prayer, I'm not speaking when they invite you to come and open with the word of prayer. That is a corporate prayer. Everyone can do that. When I speak about prayer, I'm speaking about a secret prayer in your closet. I'm not even actually speaking about the prayer that you pray with your family. I'm saying you spending time alone with the Lord. And here's my question. Why don't Christians pray? And just by asking that, if I was to say, are you praying? Most of you will raise your hands. And I'll, at the risk of not making you disqualify for the rapture, I will not ask least people lie. Amen. So I'll save you that part. Let me show you why there is, there is three disciples, Peter, John, and James. Jesus took them on Mount Transfiguration. As he prayed, his countenance changed, and Moses and Elijah appeared. When he went to the house of Jairus to pray for Jairus' daughter, he took John, James, and Peter. When he went into Gethsemane, he took further, he took John, James, and Peter. And when he prayed and came back to check on them, what were they doing? Uh, he, uh, you have never been on Mount Transfiguration. You have not seen Moses and Elijah. But he is a person that saw Moses and Elijah on Mount Transfiguration. But when the time came for prayer to, for them to pray, they were found sleeping. Well, I'm trying to paint a picture that it looks so simple, but it is not so simple. To maintain a prayer life, it is not simple. And actually, the devil hates it when you maintain a prayer life. Folks, the devil has got no problem with us coming to church. He's got no problem with us preaching. But when you've got a personal relationship with God and you maintain that relationship with prayer life, Satan has got a problem. Are you with me? And what I've picked up is that even a lot of preachers, we preach many sermons, but we pray less. 
Musicians, are you here? We sing great songs, but when it comes to prayer, it's zero. Are you with me? I am making you uncomfortable, and if someone doesn't make you uncomfortable, it is not effective. Amen. Now, you can never pray unless you know who you are praying. Are you with me? You can never pray unless you know the person that you are praying. One of the most, one of the reasons that believers don't pray is because believers don't know who they, they are praying. And it may, someone say, but we are in a message church. How do you say such a statement? I know what I'm talking about. People can be in a message church without knowing who they are praying. Hallelujah. And that is why in our time, people end up praying personalities because they don't know who they are supposed to worship. Uh, Are you with me? In the message, a guide, paragraph 35, Brother Branham says, and the Holy Spirit always speaks the words, and he says, that's the reason, the coming of the seals. He says, at the finishing of the seventh seal, the mystery of God should be finished. Remember, when Malachi 4 comes, Revelation 10, 7, the mystery of God should be finished. He doesn't say mysteries. The Bible says a mystery. There is one mystery that unlocks other mysteries. There is one seal that unlocks other seals. Are we together? You can never know that what the first seal is unless the seventh seal is revealed. The seventh seal is the one that reveals other seals. The seventh messenger is the one that reveals other seven messengers. The seventh church is the one that reveals other church ages. Glory be to God. At the finishing of the seventh seal, the mystery of God should be finished. To know, firstly, to know who God is, what he is, how he lives, his nature, and his being. Do we agree? Hallelujah. So that means at the finishing of the seventh seal, we should know who God is, what he is, how he lives, his nature, and his being. That means without the seventh seal, you do not know who God is. You don't know what he is. And I've told you many a time that there is a difference between who he is and what he is. What he is changes, but who he is does not change. Are you with me? And I said, if you see him as a whirlwind, don't ever go to create a doctrine that God is a whirlwind, because next time he may come as a pillar of fire. And if you meet him as a pillar of fire, don't put a full stop there, just put a comma, because next time he may come as a man. And if you see him as a man, don't put a full stop there, he may come as a cloud. The manifestations change. But the essence of who he is does not change. Are you with me? We've got to know who God is. And it has to go beyond the Bible school or the Sunday school class. Amen. Now, coming back to prayer, Brother Brahm says in this message, paragraph 5, in the message expectations, or faith rather, he preached this on the 27th of April, 
1956, paragraph 5, the message is faith. Brother Bram says, prayer changes things. How many agree with that statement? Prayer, you want things to change. Prayer changes things. Hallelujah. He says, prayer changes death to life. Maybe the brothers can bring it up here so that we read it together. Amen. It is on the message of faith preached on the 27th of April, 1956. Amen. How many believe that prayer is important? We are going to get into understanding how important, how you, in your secret closet, you can change things by prayer. Hallelujah. I was saying the greatest battle that was ever fought, it was not World War I, World War II, it was not Isandran, it was not anglo Buro War, it was fought in the Garden of Gethsemane, and our Messiah used to prayer. And if he used prayer, we're going to use prayer. If there are things that must change, you just need to make sure that your prayer channel is open. Are you with me? Yes, take it up further. Prayer changes things. Take it up, my brother. Folks, we can read it together. Prayer changes things. Prayer changes death to life. Are there dead areas in your life? You just need to use prayer to change a dead area into an area of life. Prayer changes sickness to health. Changes sinners to saints. It's prayer. You may laugh too much. You may shout too much. You may eat too much. But you will never pray too much. What is happening in our time? We find people that think that they can pray too much. Until, folks, I know in the message sometimes we can play around with some cliches that the power of the spoken way you can speak the weight, but unless it is backed up, not backed up by the prayer life, that weight is not going to come to pass. Amen. Are you with me? Yes. Why? Moses had to be separated first, and God had to, to tell Moses his commission, and Moses had to live a certain kind of life before the Red Sea could part. Amen. Are you with me? Yes. Brother Brennan didn't just wake up and speak squirrels into existence. His prayer life was top-notch. That is why you can speak squirrels into existence. The greatest thing that you can ever do to paralyze Satan is to make sure that your prayer life is intact. And a a lot of the casualties that we see, even in the message, is because of impaired prayer lives. Hallelujah. Church attendance is good, but where is the prayer life? Reading the spoken word or quoting the spoken word is fine, but where is the prayer life? And I can tell you, he that kneels before God can stand before every demon. I'll repeat the statement. He that kneels before God can stand before any demon. But if you don't stand before God, you're not going to kneel before any demon. Or you're not going to be able to stand before any demon. Are you with me? 
in the message expectation, he preached this on the 5th of April, 1950, paragraph 3. That is message expectation. He preached it on the 5th April, 1950, paragraph 3. Amen. Is it the right date? That's dedicated expectation three, five, four. All right. Let's go down. I want him where he say go down again. Yeah, I think it's fine. Brother Ram say, and now I thank each one of you a few moments ago when you were singing, for you I am praying. I hope we are praying for one another. Hallelujah. Are we praying for one another, folks? Are we praying for our fellow believers? He says, that's what I want you to do. It's prayer that I depend on. Folks, he didn't depend on reading. Reading is great. He didn't depend on researching. Researching is great. But he depended on prayer. And if you are prophet dependent on prayer, how much more are you supposed to depend on prayer? Are you with me? He says, that's the secret of all the mysteries of God. And when we speak about the mysteries of God, many of us, we want to know the seals, we want to know the seven thunders, and a lot of times I've seen people that know mysteries, but they are no longer in the message. They are fallen. Because why knowing a mystery is not enough, but depending on prayer, that is what is required. He says, that's the key that opens the door to everything of God, is prayer. And and, an angel is not going to pray. And somebody was asking and saying, if God is sovereign, and if God cannot be influenced by a man, why do we still need to worship God? If God can give you whatever you want, why can't he just give it to you without you asking for it? But God, he is a respecter of his weight. And he wants everybody to respect his weight. And remember, God is unbound. But what binds God is his weight. So that means the moment God does not speak, he is not bound. But the moment he speaks, he is bound by what he speaks. Are you with me? And he is the one that says, ask whatever you need in my name, I shall do it. So he wants you to fulfill a part of the weight so that he can as well fulfill a part of the weight. And if the weight does not bind you, it cannot bind God. This is a two-way process, folks. That's the key. This morning we are giving you a master key. The master key is prayer. Not a pastor praying over you. Not a deacon praying over you. You are praying over yourself. And if Jesus had a moment of solitude where he went into the secret closet to pray, and if the prophet had a cave where he went into the cave to pray, how much more about you this morning? Every believer must have a place where they go to to speak to God. 
But the reason the church is being defeated and believers are defeated, we don't have the secret closets. A closet, for lack of a better word, is a private room. And brother, Jesus says, when you pray, make sure that your prayer is not hypocritical. Hallelujah. Make sure that you go somewhere where you speak to God and you pour your heart out to God. And uh, there is an approach how to approach God. If you are the kind of believer that goes to God and says, God, I need money, you are not going to get money. That is not a prayer. That's a demand. Prayer is acknowledging his deity. Prayer is acknowledging his majesty. Prayer is ushering him with adoration. Prayer is laying your life before the almighty God and say, God, here is my life. Prayer is about exposing your vulnerability. In church, we can be transparent, but in the presence of God, you will become vulnerable and say, God, I need you on this matter. Are you with me? He says, that's the secret of all the mysteries. That's the key that opens the door to everything of God is prayer. If you pray and believe, and when you pray, not if you pray. When you pray, you've got to pray. Praying, it's, it's not something, it's not optional. If you make it an option, you are not going to go far in life. Are you still with me, people? When you pray, then believe that you receive what you ask for, and God will make it known. Hallelujah. And God will make it known. Brother, in the message, the blind Bartimaeus, he preached this on the 1st of March, 1957, paragraph 9. We are going to read this. Amen. Brother Bram said the greatest weapon that God has ever given to the human race, it was not the atomic bomb, but it was prayer. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Amen. How many pray in church? How many are, are prayerful folks? Amen. Hallelujah. I know amen are not appearing there. There is a bit of a problem. Amen. If we are spending time in prayer, as much as we spend time on our smartphones, we are going to go very far. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Technology has robbed us of the opportunity to spend time with God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. In the morning, before you can kneel down, you already grabbed your smartphone. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you finding it, brother? In the message, Blind Bartimaeus, this one I would want us to read it, is in the 1st first, first of March, 1957. Rafa, you switch off the pen. Amen. Bring it up. Paragraph 9. I want us to read it together. You know, there is something about getting alone to yourself. Don't sleep on me. Don't sleep on me. You know there is something about getting alone to yourself. And here is a question. When was the last time you were alone by yourself? 
Many people never pray until they come to church. I can hear the number of people reading is going down because it's hitting hard. Many people never pray until they come to church. Many people think that the only place to pray is at church. But the Bible said for men to pray everywhere. You can pray while driving on the N4. You can pray while working on your desk. That's why it says pray without ceasing. Ah, Are you still with me? Lifting up holy hands. Then when we get by ourselves, we'll usually pray different than what we would, we would if we prayed in the, in the church. Is the secret prayer that Jesus spoke of Saying, enter ye into a secret closet. And close the door. And when you have done so, pray to your Father, who sees in secret. And he that seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. We are not being rewarded openly because you are not seeking in secret. Are you with me? When we are praying like that, there seems to be something to the prayer that takes all the hypocrisy out of it. Folks, if I would invite any person here, even if you, the last time you prayed was five years ago, you stand there, you're going to say, oh, glory be to God, we thank you, oh, heavenly Father. But, but that's hypocrisy if you don't do that in the secret chamber. You know, I heard a young boy some years back. He said, you know, daddy prays so much in church. But I've never seen Daddy praying like that at home. He says, Daddy can reduce people in tears when he prays in church. But at home, we have never seen even one day Daddy pray. Why? It's because Daddy believes in corporate prayer, but he doesn't believe in secret prayer. And corporate prayer is not that effective unless it is backed up by secret prayer. This service this morning, it is not powerful. What makes the service powerful, it depends on what the believers did the night before. I say it depends on what the believers did the night before. And if somebody says, God, we are going to the house of the Lord. If there is somebody sick, heal them. I'm told of a, a, a certain church where the pastor was quite amazed that people were coming, repenting without any preaching going forth and being healed without being laid on hand, until he wondered what was happening. Later it was discovered that the sister that was cleaning the church, every church that she went to, she said, God, I don't know who's going to sit here tomorrow, but whoever is going to sit here tomorrow, may you minister to their needs. Hallelujah. And when the preacher comes, 
and people think the preacher is powerful. It's not the preacher that is powerful. It's somebody that was in a secret place who prayed and said, God, minister to the needs of your people. And I said, God, we need more of such people. Uh, are you with me? I can be honest. Many of you didn't even pray for this service. It was just say, ah, the pastor will see what will happen. If we get blessed, so fine. If we don't get blessed, that's fine. You have wasted your petrol and you have wasted your money. If you know that you're going to sacrifice something, first you say, God, I don't want to go there for a waste. I want to go, I want my going to church to have a meaning. I want it to have an impact on my life. Are you here, people? And maybe some of you may not know. I've seen a lot of times where people come to church. Remember, prayer, it is giving God the permission to interfere in the affairs of men. I'll repeat. Prayer is you saying, God, I invite you to come and interfere in my affairs. And if you don't pray, that means you say, God, I don't need any interference. And if you don't need any interference, you are not going to have results. And when you are not going to have results, at some point in time, you are going to even deny that God exists. Are you with me? He says, when we are praying like that, and when we are praying like that, There seems to be something to the prayer that takes all the hypocrisy out of it. It seems like we get in a better connection with God. That means if you don't spend time in the secret closet, you have lost connection with God. How many have ever been in a place where the cell phone has got no reception? You've got every app, you've got everything, but you cannot utilize it. A cell phone without a network, it is useless. A believer without a connection to the almighty God, they're useless. And this morning I'm asking, do you have a connection? Do you have a connection? Do you have an access to your maker? Amen. Amen. It seems like we get in a better connection with God. We can read it better than that. To get alone. And there's been many times in my life. As perhaps in your life. That you just have to get alone once in a while with Jesus. But a lot of times we don't want to get alone with Jesus. You know what? When God realizes that you are too busy for him, he allows chaos to come into your life. Hallelujah. If he realizes that you are always lazy and you sleep and you don't ever wake up and pray, God creates problems that in the middle of the night, your eyes are open and you realize, oh God, I need you. 
crises in life are designed by God to bring us back into a better connection. Doesn't he say when you've got a sheep, the farm, the shepherd had a sheep that was just, it was a wayward sheep until he brought it and broke the lake so that he can nurse the sheep. God sometimes will break you. So, folks, God actually, when you are in your brokenness, that's when your prayer becomes very effective. There are Let's be honest. There are times when you pray and you don't care whether he answers. You just pray so that when they ask you that, have you prayed? You say, yeah, I have prayed. But there are times when you go before God. And you, you don't even want to stand up. You are there praying. Because why? You are disparate. And God said, God, Brother Brown said, God will always meet a disparate prayer. Amen. He says, I've, t- I've took my car and drove down the road and just studied. Why? He wanted a time alone. In one message he says, what makes the sermons to be effective is because I spend time in prayer before I come to address the people. But what is happening? Even ministers today don't spend time in prayer. Musicians don't spend time in prayer. The laity doesn't spend time in prayer. But yet we expect the results of prayer without spending time in prayer. What a shame. What a shame. Amen. Brother, let's read another one. Is this the, oh, just go down the same one. Or six. No, in the message, the prophet Elisha. Prophet Elisha, he preached this on the 23rd of August, 1954. Bring it up there. That's paragraph 10. There we go. Just go down. Okay, there we go. You see, now that's what we that's what we do. Sometimes we go off on a tantrum somewhere. And not think about God. There are times where we throw tantrums in life and not think about God. But God has got a way of bringing you back into the fold so that you think of him. Not pray over it. Ask the Lord whether we should do it or not. Especially in our time, people don't even consult with God. And sometimes, when you don't consult with God... At the very beginning, I'm just giving an example. Let's say you go and buy a car and you don't even consult with God. But God knows that down the line, you are, you are, I'm just giving an example, folks. It could be any other thing. And you don't consult with God. 
The reason you want to consult with God, that means you want to commit the whole thing that right from the beginning of this thing, I committed to the you, Lord. And if I've got a problem along the way, I'm going to come back to you. Imagine if your child never asked permission from you to go anywhere else. And they phone you and say, Mom, I'm stuck in Rustenburg. The first thing you'll say, what are you doing in Rustenburg? Who gave you a permission to go to Rustenburg? But if mom gave you the permission or you gave your daughter a permission or your son to go to Rustenburg and they phone you, you are taking ownership because they, you gave them a permission. Yeah. But how many times we want to go to God to intervene on things the way he never gave permission? Let me tell you something. You have never lived tomorrow. You don't know tomorrow. Yes, Folks, in this house, right now, I don't care whether you've got degree or you don't have a degree, whether your IQ is high, whether it's the room temperature, I don't care. The fact of the matter, no one knows tomorrow. Amen. No one has seen tomorrow. There is only one person in the building that has seen tomorrow is the almighty God. So how dare you want to do things for tomorrow without checking with the one that knows what tomorrow holds. No, I did forecasting. How many people have gone bankrupt after they've done forecasting? No, my gut feel. How many people were misled by their gut feel? Do you think the people that are buried in the graveyard, when they died, their gut feel did not kick in? Your gut feel means nothing. Your forecasting means nothing. We all need the power of prayer. With this one, we're gonna. Sometimes we go off on a tantrum somewhere, and not think about God, and not pray over it. Ask the Lord whether we should do it or not. We find out that our supply of blessing is cut off. Imagine you are driving your car, you don't feel a petrol. And you know there are people that normally would go with a car that is, the light is on and says, I know my car. <laughs> there are believers that go through life with their petrol, spiritual petrol tank, the light is on. It says, me, I know my life. You're going to have problems. Amen. Even here, you young men, Brother Bama says, before a man gets married, you do what? You don't preach, you pray. You don't sing, you pray. A song can never maintain marriage. A sermon can never maintain marriage. But prayer maintains marriage. And I'm saying, a lot of times we do things without his permission. It's only when we get into trouble that we go to him and say, Lord, what's happening? It's like buying a Mercedes-Benz from a Mercedes-Benz, and when it gives you a problem, you rock up at BMW. 
They tell you that is not our car. If you get a marriage partner not in Christ, and you get a marriage partner anywhere where you wish, it may be a problem when you come to report to God. Somebody has heard me. And we find out that our supply of blessings is cut off. Then we wonder sometimes. Well, wonder why I can't have no more blessings. You don't watch. You let down in your prayer life. How many people have let down in their prayer life? You say, well, I'm a Christian. Well, that's the more sign you should pray more than ever. Read the Bible every day. Pray every day. Don't make any decisions too harshly or too quickly without first considering God about it. There are believers that are too independent for God's liking. I'm going to do it. Have you spoken to God about it? Folks, what I'm talking about, the other time somebody came to me and said, Pastor, pray for me about this situation. They had a pressing need. I said, oh, no problem. Uh, I wanted to check whether is it really pressing because some people, they come with a need that is pressing. That is not present, and they want to make it like it's present to the pastor. Well, it's not present to themselves. I said, okay, brother, no problem. Uh, 12 o'clock, I'm going to phone you. You and I are going to pray at 12. At 12, I phoned. I didn't find him. I'm sick. I'm awake. The man is nowhere to be found. In the morning, I caught up with him. He said, hey, I slept. <laughs> then I say, even me, next time I'm going to sleep. Are you you with me, people? If it was praising for him, would he have slept? Especially when somebody said, we're going to partner together in prayer. If you want us to spend the whole night praying for you, are you willing to spend the whole night praying for yourself? Christians in the end time are lazy. They really love sleeping. And God, brother, we say, if you want something from God, go in early. You can't be snoring and say you've got need. A man that does not have the resiliency to pray, you cannot trust him on anything. It takes discipline, it takes commitment for one to pray. Don't make any decision too harshly or too quickly without first considering God about it. Ask him, shall I do this, Father? Ask him, is it your will for me to do this? Brother Brenham tells Brother Peregrine, he says, Brother Peregrine, 
In the olden days, when a plane was about to land on the airport, they had what they called, uh, uh, there were three lines that had to be in alignment. That means it tells the, uh, the pilot that the plane is going to land where it's supposed to land. So they were supposed to be, they call them the taxi lights. They call them the taxi lights. Not because the aircraft is the taxi, but they call them the taxi lights. They are supposed to be in alignment when the pilot looks. And Brother Ram says, before, Brother Peregrine, you can do anything in life, there are three musts. He said, the first thing, if you want to know that it is the will of God, there must never be one scripture against it. Folks, I'll repeat. There must never be one scripture against it. If there is no scripture, if there is one scripture against it, it is not the will of God. Can I get an amen on that one? He said the second thing, it must be your burden. How many times people want, the example that I gave you of the brother that was in need, he, it was not his burden. He wanted to make it somebody's burden. So, my question is, if you want to do something, it has to be your burden. Don't transfer it to the next person. It has to be your burden. The third thing that Brother Ram told Brother Peregrine, he says, if it is God's will, it's God's bill. If it needs to be paid for, God will pay for it. I, I will just, so those that are taking notes and those that are judging it in their memory, I will recap. The first thing, there must never be one scripture against it. The second thing, it must be your personal burden. How many times when a brother say we need to go and do, maybe evangelize, it, it is his burden, but he wants to move the burden on another one. It has to be your burden. And once it is your burden, once it is God's will, it will be God's will. This one I want to emphasize on it. If it is God's will, it will be God's bill. God is not a beggar. He pays for his stuff. That's why Brother Brenham say, if I ever get to a point where the ministry does not able to sustain me, I will leave the ministry. Because if it is God's will, it must be God's bill. We're not going to be beggars, folks. We're not going to cut corners. Are you with me? If you have committed to God, leave it to God. If it's God's will, it will be God's bill. I say not your bill, God's bill. God will pay for it. Then what the Holy Spirit will speak to you? Come on. Then, then see what the Holy Spirit will speak to you. He might not give you a vision. But he will speak in some way to you. To let you know. If you will be sincere and ask him. If you have been sincere and asked him. You may not see a vision. But somewhat God will make it known to you. That he has hurt you. And he will answer. This God answers. 
God is not deaf. And let me tell you, be prepared for him when he says no. A lot of people like Balak, they are not ready to hear God say no. Then they go for the second time and say, "Uh, but maybe let me go for the second time. And God says, you can go. But the angel was on the way, ready to kill him. Why? He was no longer operating under the perfect will. It was now under the permissive will. Be pushy, but be sensitive that with God. And how do you know that something is not the will of God? If, folks, if you keep struggling until you've got to lie and cut corners, it is not the will of God. If it is the will of God, God will just make things to fall into place. Until you wonder, how did this happen? How did that happen? It's God making things fall into place. Are you with me? I hope we are together. Let's read in the message. A greater than Solomon is here. Paragraph 75. Uh, He preached this on the 6th of March, 1964. Paragraph 75. Okay. Do you love these quotations? He says, but you know there is something about it. If God begins to put a hunger in a human heart, there is just nothing going to stand in its way. Whether there is cooperation or not, whether there is anything, She's got to find that. Like I said about the little woman last night, being persistent and persevering, something gets a hold of you. And you get a hold of something. Like Jacob, the son of God, God's son, got a hold of something one night and it got a hold of him. He never let it go until he achieved his purpose. Blessed of it. That's the real thing. When a man impersonates something, it never works out right. But if you get a hold of that something, and that something get a hold of you. This is in prayer, folks. You get a hold of something, and something gets a hold of you. In one message, Brother Ram say, as you get deeper and deeper in prayer, it comes a point where your thoughts are no longer your thoughts. Your ways are no longer your ways. There is a certain power that takes over. But for you to be that, Brother Ram say, you've got to create an atmosphere. How do we create an atmosphere? When you go before the king, there is what they call imbongi in Zulu. 
Imbongi is the person is a praise singer. I think you must have seen it in the State of the Nation address. When the president comes before he addresses the nation, there is a man that comes and ululate and do the praises. When you go before the king, first you've got to praise the king. You cannot just barge into the palace and say, Muna, I'm looking for this. It's not going to work. You just have to say, Your Majesty, and find right ways to address him. Are we together? Until you can see on the countenance that the king is happy about what you are saying, how you praise him. And while he's being ushered with the praises, then you slot in the request and say, my king, you're the only one that can do this. But a lot of times when we approach God, we just budge in. Hey, God, you know I need that car. I need that house. I need this. Uh, hallelujah. Until we become, we are nagging believers. Don't neg God. Praise God. Worship God. He says, the disciples say, teach us how to pray. He says to them, he says, when you pray, he gave us the blueprint. Our Father, thou art in heaven. What? Acknowledge that the relationship that is God with you, our Father, it's a spiritual DNA matter. Brother Brenham say in the message Christ, the mystery of God revealed, he said God had a threefold purpose. Leave it as it is, brother. I'm going to come back to it. He says God had a threefold purpose. He says one thing that he wanted to do, he wanted to reveal himself to the people. He said he could not do it as the great Jehovah that covered the space. He says, how can that great being that goes beyond trillions of years ever reveal himself to the people in that way? It would be too mysterious. But he said he loved Father Wood. Folks, if you love Father Wood, that means you want to have children. And I know people are not going to be saying amen because why? Our fatherly, our earthly fathers, most of us have disappointed us. And that is why when you are a father, you must understand the, the gravity of being a father. Because why? The only exposure of fatherhood, it has to be exhibited by you in the family. A lot of people, when we say our heavenly father, they've got no connection. Because why? Because of the negative connection, connotation that they have with the earthly father. If the earthly father ran away, how do I trust the heavenly father as a child? If the earthly father abused me, how do I trust the heavenly father? That's why this ministry in the end time is here to restore the fathers back to their original position. Brothers, we don't force respect in the family. Brother Branham says, Sarah looked at Abraham and called him my Lord. Abraham didn't go around and say, are you going to call me my Lord today? No. The way Abraham was, Sarah knew that the God that we worship is in this man. Are you here? Our heavenly father. Who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. This father has a name. Yes, and there is no name given under the heavens whereby people can be saved. Acts 4 verse 12. Whereby people can be saved except the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, right now I need to clear a matter here. 
No other name given to the human race except the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you here, people? You can love me as Madiba, but my name will never cast out a demon. You will call my name and demon will be laughing at you. There is only one name. Even the name of William Branham cannot cast out a demon. Hallelujah. A name of your pastor can never cast out a demon. There is only one name given to the human race. That is the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. There is power in that name, folks. You remember when they challenged Brother Branham and the wish just lifted up the table in suspense. And it was in the end, it says, if you believe your God, take this table and put it down. And Brother Branham, while he was there, he looked at the table and he wanted to do an experiment. He said, table, in the name of the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley, let the table come down. It never came down. He said, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, table, come down. It remained in suspense. And your prophet comes and says, the name Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, it is a channel, a demonic channel, through which demons travel. But when he said, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, table, come down. It came down, all the four legs were broken. Why? There is power in that name. I said there is power in that name. It was Elizabeth said to Mary, said, the name of the child that shall I bear, his name shall be called Jesus. And while John was still born in the womb of Elizabeth, when that name was uttered to the first time, a dead baby came back to life. This is a life-giving name. This is a demon-casting name. Every name, every knee shall bow in the name of Jesus Christ. Folks, whenever you mention that name, no demon can ever be stubborn. I said no demon can ever be stubborn. There is power in that name. The name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It will move away demons. And if you are sick right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, receive your healing. Not a sermon. It's what we believe. In the name of Jesus Christ, right where you are, receive your healing. It can give you a healing, my brother. Paul comes and says, whatever we do, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We baptize in the name of Jesus Christ. We pray for the sick in the name of... Because what? Hallowed be thy name. The only holy name ever given to the human race. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Not a church, folks. This is a kingdom matter. A king having a dominion. Hallelujah. Thy will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. Do you understand the state, the gravity of that statement? That means you must never allow what heaven will never allow in your life. Ah, oh, you didn't hear me. You must never allow what heaven will never allow. 
oh goodness, this morning if heaven is not sick, I'm not going to be allowed to be sick. If heaven is not lost, I'm not going to be lost. If heaven is not broke, I'm not going to be broke. Glory be, whatever heaven can never agree to, don't agree to it. Are they sick in heaven? Are they lost in heaven? Are they depressed in heaven? Are they discouraged in heaven? Then why are you allowing things that are not allowed in heaven to happen to you? Let thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Are you still with me? Give us this day our daily bread. I don't want yesterday bread. I don't want Luther's message. I don't want Wesley's message. I need my daily bread. What is my daily bread? The message of the hour is my daily bread. And forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Whenever you forgive, the only time where a human being has the ability to act like God and hinder is when you forgive. There is no higher attribute that a human being can replicate God on than to forgive. Amen. And it says, lead us not into temptation. But deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Not yesterday, forever and ever. Amen. That's how he taught them how to pray. Are you still with me? Shall we come here? If you come here tonight for healing, or this morning in your case, let the Holy Spirit get hold of you. Folks, the reason we had a song saved is we wanted the song, we wanted the Holy Ghost to get a hold of you. We want you to leave your own thoughts and allow the Holy Ghost to get a hold of you. Don't budget during the church service. It's not time for budgeting. Don't do a weekly calendar during the song service or during the service. Don't let your mind wander. Allow the Holy Spirit to get a hold of you. But for the Holy Spirit to get a hold of you, you've got to be available. Amen. Did it disappear? Okay. If you come here this morning for healing, And let the Holy Spirit get a hold of you. And you get a hold of it. You are going to get what you ask for. There is no way of keeping you from it. When the Holy Ghost goes gets hold of you and you get a hold of him, there is nothing that is going to stop you from getting what you ask for. You can't believe in that Jesus Christ saves. There is a saving power gets hold of you. And you, 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 you hold to it. You are going to get saved. 
If you believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit gets a hold of you, and He will baptize you, and you will get a hold of Him, you don't. Ha- you won't have to move from your seat. He will fill you with his presence right there where you are. Just as he did. While Peter spake this way, the Holy Ghost fell on them that heard it. Something got a hold. And I say, let something get a hold of you this morning. Amen. Where are we? Are you enjoying these quotations? Brother, in the message, he was to pass this way. He was to pass this way. He preached this in the 27th of July, 1957, paragraph 9. Just something that I need to There we go. He speaks about how Rebecca, the wife of Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, the businessman, how he was just toasting and the woman was praying for the salvation of her husband. Don't you just love this messenger that can tell you, there's no Bible school that will ever tell you that the wife of Zacchaeus was Rebecca. He even tells us, well, he says Zacchaeus, the businessman, belonged to Jericho business, full gospel businessman. He says he was short in stature. He picked up a bean. It even made him dirty. These things are not just a sermon. It is by vision. Are you not? He says the serpent was more handsome than Adam. You can just that that you don't prepare overnight and say this is the note. The no, the vision has got to break out, and you've got to see that unfolding. He says the serpent almost had a place, almost had a soul. It had a place for a soul, but it did not have a soul. That's a spiritual X-ray. This prophet was a great prophet. And people want us to leave this prophet so that we can go and listen to fairy tales. 16 million, so 16 ways of becoming a millionaire. Never. We are fine here. Leave us with our prophet. What he, what he has taught us is honey in the rock. Amen. Do you know, he's, I'm even detouring. He says, when, when Mary was on her way, and she was thinking about the sermon that the priest had preached. He says it was a great sermon until the priest said, the days of the miracles are over. And he says, that almost made Mary to miss the mark. He says, but while was there, a light flashed in front of her and Gabriel appeared. That's not a sermon, folks. It's a vision. Amen. He says... It must have been an awful night. The little fellow was so weary. Was tossed about. 
sister, do you need a solution for your abusive husband? Prayer. Prayer, it will make him toast about the whole night. Brother, let me say, if, if they speak to you harshly and you speak bad, back, he say God is not involved. You know those sleepless nights? And his wife, Rebecca, said, Zacchaeus, what's wrong with you? Oh, he said, Nothing, perhaps maybe the business in the city was so bad today. That's what's holding me. The way it is tonight, I can't sleep. But you know, Rebecca knowed better than that. that. She had been a believer on the Lord Jesus. Take it up, brother. She had been praying for her husband. A businessman of the city. To become a follower of the Lord Jesus. And you know, conviction can make you restless. It does that. This I need only sisters to read with me. Only sister. And so, a good praying wife or mother can do more for the kingdom of God on her knees at home than sometimes the preacher can do on the platform. There's the recipe, the power of prayer. In your closet. Was it uh, uh, Susan, is it Wesley? Wesley? That made sure she prayed and the children grew and one became the greatest song leader of all times. One went on to become a messenger of the age. Why? She did more on her knees Amen. for the kingdom of God at home than sometimes what a preacher can do on the platform. Are you with me? Now, brother, in the message, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Preached this on the 16th of Jan, 1955. We hope us quoting it like this, it makes people to love reading the spoken word. Not just reading, it's a training session as well. Paragraph 45. He says, Well, the scripture I believe, believe. some place says that the devils tremble. When the weakest of saints goes to their knees. You see why demons don't want you to pray. It doesn't say when the strongest of believers go on their knees. It says when the weakest. Are you weak this morning? You the very weakest. When you go down on your knees. It makes the demons tremble. 
You see, what a power and a privilege has been given to the church of the living God. When you fall to your knees in prayer, even the devils tremble to the weakest of them. Think of it. You see why the devil doesn't want you to pray? Brother, there is a, a quotation that I have not jotted down, but I need it. And therefore, I will be closing. Just say supernatural. Pray, just say prayer atmosphere on your search. You'll bear with me. Just came while I'm standing here. We have to read this. How many are going to pray going forward? Amen. Amen. Spend time with the Lord. Speak to him. Develop a solid relationship with him. Amen. If you can just bring the search results here, I will show you which quotation. Amen. Just go down. There we go. There you go. This one. Okay. Go go up. Yeah. Do it a full screen. We're going to read this one. It says, Men and women who live in there are misunderstood. You see, they become peculiar. When you spend time in prayer, you become peculiar. You know why you become peculiar? Because there are moments where people would expect you to lose it, but you don't lose it. Because why? You've got a place to report matters to. There are times when they expect you to hate, you don't hate. Why? Because you are praying for your enemies. Are you with me? God must give you enemies so that you fulfill the scripture of saying pray for your enemies. I know you don't want to have enemies, but God must create enemies for you so that you pray for them. Amen. They don't hear the things of the world. Or if they do, they don't pay attention to them. Have ever they, has it ever happened where they gossiped about you and they even got trouble that you don't even pay attention? Amen. But you, believers, as soon as you hear that somebody gossiped about you, you want to get on the phone, what do you say? Come on, don't pay attention to that. Well, you remember I gave you an example about where Brother Ram says there was this big eagle on a tree. And it says there was this creature that kept on making a very fun noise. And Brother Mom says that eagle just looked at that creature and the noise was just going higher and higher. And the eagle looked at the creature and Brother Mom says that massive bird just flipped with the wings and it says it took off. It says it went all the way higher, higher until it disappeared. And it says that funny creature was just looking there, couldn't make noise anymore. 
You see what happened? The eagle realized that, goodness, for me to hear this noise, the problem is not this person. It's because I'm really lowering my altitude. Let me go where this noise will not reach me. Believe us, sometimes when they gossip about you, you hear, you want to react. It may be that you are flying at a very low altitude. Just, just increase the altitude. Amen. They just move on. God never put that in there for nothing. God never come never come for just any haphazard way. Haphazard it means disorderly. Prayer is not a perhaps. Prayer is a sincere thing. Prayer is talking to God. Prayer is not to get down and shut your eyes. And thinking about your washing or your work you are doing. And say, Lord, help me and John. Heal Miss Jones and so forth. That's not prayer. That's repeating some words. But prayer is to come into an atmosphere where you realize you are in the presence of God. And you are moving to then in the deepest of sincerity. First, it's a worship. Oh, Jehovah. How I love you. You see, then after the worship of prayer, then you come with a sincere heart asking. If he abide in me, not go out from behind the curtains in the world today and run around and try to get back in the curtains tonight. But uh, let's go back there. I like it when he say, then after the worship of prayer, then you come with a sincere heart asking. For you to create the atmosphere, you cannot create it while the children are going up and down. Well, there is noise in the house. That means you need to be at a quiet place where you are not interrupted in any way. Brother, it may refer when you are at work where you just drive somewhere you park under the tree that was somewhere and you are alone, then you will begin to meditate on the scriptures. Then you begin to worship him. And if you want an example of a worshiper, just connect with how David worshiped. Oh God, my Lord. How he would, he would adore him and usher him with praises. Then after you have done, then brother, let me say, then you come with a sincere heart asking. But many of us, we go asking without worship. Because why? Worship takes time. Hallelujah. I don't know. I mean, if you were to brothers that God married, the day you God proposed your wife, you didn't just budge and say, will you marry me? There's a build up. 
Amen. Where you adore her and usher her with praises, then thereafter then you say, will you marry me? There is an approach to everything. Isn't so... If your husband says that, just you woke up one morning, you didn't even know who he is, he just sent you a message, will you marry me? Because this man has lost his mind. Brahman says there's got to be a tie post. Even spiritually speaking, there's got to be a tie post where you come and establish what do they call a rapport with God. Adoring him, speaking to him about his attributes. God, this is what I know about you. This is what I know what you have been. This is your majesty. This is your glory. This is the honor that I bring. And while God is busy adoring your adoration and is being baptized by your praise, right there you say, God, there is no one that can help me. Only you can help me in this situation. Then it makes, you remember, was it Martha? When he went to Jesus, says, Master, had you been here, our brother would have not died. And Jesus says, Thy brother shall rise again. He said, I know at the day of resurrection he will rise again. But I know whatever you ask of the Lord, he shall do it. And Jesus said, Where have you laid him? Firstly, acknowledge there is, a, there is an innate, inborn quality in every human being to acknowledge the higher deity. That is why before the gospel came on the shores of Africa, people here, Brother Branham, the other time, I think it was, uh, who was uh, Livingstone? This is David Livingstone. One time he found a, an African man worshipping the fire. And he said, why are you worshiping the fire? He said, no, there was a time when the lion was approaching. Then I lit up the fire and it never, it never attacked me. And he believed that that fire, it represented some deity of some sort because it saved him from, because you know, wild animals will never approach fire if you're a hunter. But then David Livingstone told him that, no, it is not God. It's not the fire, is not God. There is God. And this morning I want to say, don't worship the creator. Worship the creator. Amen. Let him be the object of your worship. But I'm going to say the word God means an object of worship. He wanted to be worshipped. And when we go into our secret closet, that's the time to worship him. Adore him. Establish a relationship. If you need the forgiveness of sins, tell him. Say, Lord, forgive me. I know you will forgive me. And then he will forgive you. Then you will see that what you sought in privately, you will be rewarded publicly. Amen. Amen. God bless you richly as we stand. How many have prayed to the service the night before? Amen. Let's pray for the meetings. Amen. Spend time with God. Amen. The secret closet is a place where I've seen some companies when they take people for a team building, they take them into the bushes where there is no network because they want them to concentrate. And sometimes when you get into the secret closet, 
make sure you switch off your phones, switch off the gadgets, and spend time in prayer. Close the curtains and spend time in prayer and speak to your God. Here, what we do here, it's corporate worship. Anyone can do that, but the power does not lie here. The power lies in the secret closet. Amen. We are standing in your presence. Or any other one.
Lord is Savior, Savior. Amen. Let's sing the whole song.
save me by thy grace. Save me, save me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Spring of all my comfort. More than life to me.
It's a human being speaking to God. This prayer can change things. It can change death to life, sickness into health. A sinner to a saint. That's what prayer will do. Zacchaeus, his wife used prayer to change him from a scrupulous businessman to a son of God. That's been prayer. changes things. It does. Brother says it can even change the mind of God. King Hezekiah proved it. The time was spent. He asked for an extra time. Let's all pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we have heard your prophet messenger says prayer is not a perhaps Prayer is a very sincere thing. Prayer is when the mortals approach the immortal one. He further says the greatest weapon that was ever given to the human race was not a hydrogen bomb or an atomic bomb, but it was the power of prayer. Dear God, I believe that there are situations. I believe that there are conditions. I believe that there are circumstances that need to be changed in the building that your children somewhat are involved in. The only means that we have to effect a change on those circumstances, it is prayer. Dear God, the prophet says it can change a sinner into a saint. We have loved ones that are not yet in. We have loved ones that are tormented by Satan. We live in this vile and filthy world. And dear God, that is why we want to remember our loved ones who are not yet in. Maybe you maybe you be gracious to them. May you change their path. May you bring a conviction in their hearts. May you make them realize there is a maker that must be saved. And Heavenly Father, not only them, but even us that are in the building, your children have got needs. Some are financial needs. Some are spiritual needs, some are marital needs. Whatever need that is in the building, we can at this point in time subject it to the power of prayer. You said whatever we ask in your name, you shall do it. And at this point in time, I'm asking in the name of Jesus Christ, may you minister to every need in the building. 
if there are habits that must be overcome help us to overcome those habits dear god we know that through prayer we can attain new victories we know that we can realize new testimonies that is why we have bowed our heads facing the soil from which we came from and from which one day we shall return and we say god be merciful maybe there is a soul in the building that has got no energy no strength to pray we are standing in the gap for them this morning may you be gracious to them may you answer their prayers may you help them in their moment of crisis may you reverse things dear god back to normality i know you can do that because you are the almighty god prayer is a means through which you granted to the mortals that in their mortality they can subject things to the immortality and right now dear god we sanction things and we give you a permission to interfere in our affairs we give you a permission to interrupt our affairs and bring our affairs back to the divine order that has been laid out in the holy scriptures i pray dear god for this church pray for the musicians pray for the elders of this church help us dear god to have a consecrated prayer life that we need to spend time on our knees with thee that we need to have a solid and deeper relationship with you because what is going to overcome satan is not gymnastics it is going to take a relationship with the lord jesus christ to overcome in the end time you have given us this service we want to thank you for the lovely time that we have had in your presence those that are sick and afflicted heal them not only now amidst those that may be confined to their beds somewhere we are sending a prayer their way heal them completely lord jesus i know you will do it as we commit every need to you in the mighty name of jesus christ amen savior savior once more time Mafagaza
Almighty God, we just want to thank you, Heavenly Father, for this precious afternoon, Lord. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for your amazing grace, gracious Lord. Heavenly Father, you have spoken to us in a mighty way. You gave us the main thing during this afternoon, Lord Jesus. That atomic bomb, oh Father, to face the enemy. That atomic bomb, Lord, to get in contact, Lord Jesus Christ, with the maker, passing through all the enemies, Lord Jesus Christ. We just want to say thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, during this afternoon. We thank you for the vessel that you have used, Lord. Heavenly Father, may bless him and the family, Lord Jesus Christ. Is it true, Heavenly Father, from the beginning we remember, dear God, when you created Adam, Lord Jesus Christ, Heavenly Father, the people that you created him was for him to worship you, Lord Jesus, and to be a God on earth, Heavenly Lord Jesus Christ. You know, Heavenly Father, it was such a wonderful opportunity during the cooling of the day when he used to come and buy and give uh, all the praise before you, Lord Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, we remember once again, dear God, what prayer did, Lord Jesus Christ, when Heavenly Father, dear God, Daniel and his friends, Lord, were supposed to be killed because there was no interpretations, Lord. Father, they gathered together and they prayed, Lord Jesus Christ, you answered them, oh God. Even Peter, Lord Jesus, while he was imprisoned, Heavenly Father, the believers gathered together, Lord Jesus Christ, and prayed for him, dear God. And we have to send an angel, Lord Jesus Christ, and the angel fell before him, dear God. And the chest fell, Heavenly Father, and the angel, the angel delivered by Almighty God out of that bondage of the Lord Jesus Christ. You are still the same Jehovah God that gave us this power through prayer, Lord Jesus Christ, that in everything that we need, dear Heavenly Father, we'll be able to get it, Lord Jesus Christ. I come, Heavenly Father, also confessing, Lord Jesus, on behalf also of the church, dear God. Anyway, Heavenly Father, where we might be weak in prayer, Lord Jesus, may you forgive us, Lord Jesus Christ. May you strengthen us and give us power to pray, Lord Jesus Christ. Because, Heavenly Father, we know that devil always make us peace, Almighty God. In such a way, Heavenly Father, I can fail to get in contact with you. But the only way we can get in contact with you is prayer, Heavenly Father. Because it's the prayer that changes, Heavenly Father, things, Almighty God. It's the prayer that can change death into life. That can change a sinner to a saint, Lord. It's the prayer that does everything, Lord Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, we pray, remembering even Hezekiah, Almighty God, when he was about to die, Heavenly Father, it's the prayer that changes every situation, Heavenly Lord. Now here are your children, Heavenly Father. You spoke to, uh, to us through your word and say, when the omnipotent, Heavenly Father, meets another omnipotent, something is going to shake, Lord Jesus Christ. So we know, Heavenly Father, tonight the devil is a lion everywhere, Lord Jesus Christ. Because, Heavenly Father, we are a God on earth, Lord. And, Heavenly Father, we are promising through your mercy that we are going, Lord Jesus Christ, to get in contact with you through prayer, Lord Jesus Christ. We pray for each and every individual. If there is any need in the camp, Lord, financially speaking, health-wise and everything, we say if you come expecting, Lord, we get it right here, Lord Jesus Christ. Because, Heavenly Father, if it, if it is going finance, you say you have got a bank in heaven, and there is a check that is signed your name, Lord, that the believers can ask in your name, and everything shall be granted. We pray for everything in the mighty of, uh, name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Let the church say amen. Let the church say amen. Let the church say amen. God has spoken. Let the church say amen. Let the church sing.
time in prayer then you will be able to know you will see that you will overcome in your public life God bless you richly